Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. Deuce and more. They tell you what they know. Deuce and more. Deuce and Mo, Deuce and Mo, the podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and Mo podcast recording this on a Wednesday night. It was De'Aaron Fox's 26th birthday, and he said, I'm dropping 26 points in the first half. But the second half wasn't great. The Boston Celtics were on fire in the first half, but it carried over into the second half. Their defense stepped up in a big way, and they absolutely dominated the Sacramento Kings winning tonight at Golden One Center 144 to 116. They did it on the second night of a back-to-back. They did it without Jason Tatum and Al Horford and they showed why they're a championship team and the Kings aren't. Tonight's podcast presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors and northwestexteriors.com. I'm Juice Mason in Sacramento. Morgan Reagan staying up late in Orlando as she is calling games for the NBA G League Showcase. That's amazing. She had to stay up all the way. I mean, what time is it now? It's 1.43. East Coast Coast time in the morning, and you are up. There's not many people on the East Coast who stayed up for this game. So let's give it up to Morgan Reagan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's crazy to think about because Monday – was my first time here in Orlando watching the Kings. It was a little easier because I was still on West Coast time. Where this one, I was like, ooh, ooh, this, this is this is tough. And a lot of people have re- reached out, um, East Coasters that are Kings fans, and they go, yeah, I usually watch it the next morning. And it was just like, I thought it's such an interesting way that they have to go about watching sports. It's not easy. I, I I can't imagine doing it that way. Like to me, that sounds awful to be able to, uh, like, because one, you have to avoid. So I know you go to bed, but like, then you wake up the next morning, you have to avoid social media and then watch it the next morning. It's just the thrill of watching live is so cool. But then also it's so hard to stay up that late. I mean, I think sometimes people have hard time staying up till 10 o'clock at night, you know, uh, especially on a blowout. Yeah. Morgan, you're waiting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was saying, yeah, that's it. And then exact, you're exactly right on a blowout. And, you know, I think that the thing that I was most excited for was just to see you on the post game show. So that's what kept me going. But yes, ultimately, this was not a fun game, especially when you knew it was over. I How early did we know it was over? Like third quarter, like middle early of third? third quarter, early third quarter. Yeah. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway tonight is. There's levels to this game. And the Boston Celtics, even without Tatum and Horford, showed why they are a legit championship contender. And the Kings showed why they're not even close to that level. And these are the type of losses that are sometimes humbling, especially after the Kings, you know, played well over the last three games, beat up on some bad teams. You go, oh, okay, are they figuring it out? You know, even today, I'm looking at the month of December headed into tonight. Sacramento ninth in offensive rating, 12th in defense. I'm like, okay, this is a good opportunity against a Celtics team on the second. I have a back-to-back who played a long, tough game in overtime and lost to the Warriors to come out and start fast and capitalize on this. They weren't able to do it. And the biggest reason was they can't guard the ball. They couldn't guard the ball tonight. You know, that was, to me, the start of it. Morgan, how many times... Did we see Boston get by their man, get in the paint, spray out for three? And then if the the three was missed, second chance opportunity, three ball. The Kings allow the fewest second chance points and offensive rebounds in the league at halftime. They had already exceeded what they normally allow in a game. They got outclassed tonight. They were out physical tonight. And the the three-point shooting that was happening earlier... It didn't really matter because you knew Boston was going to lock back in and they did in a major way. And it's so interesting too, because the Kings 
came out red hot, making their shots, answering back. But it felt like once the Celtics were really responding, and I'm talking about really responding, they never stopped responding. You talk about those second chance opportunities. It was like they knew where that long rebound was going before anyone else, or they were going to make sure that they were going to get to that long rebound before anyone else. And then I think their shot making ability though, when you have Pritchard coming off the bench, what knocking down 20, getting 20 points, six for 11 uh, from three point land. That was really good. Easy. Yes. He got easy looks, but then I shouldn't even go to him first because really you look at Derek white and him as a starter making so many of those threes. It was just a, a really dominant performance from three-point land for this Celtics team. And it was really deflating. And you could feel that in the Kings. Like, they they wanted to keep responding, but they were responding with sometimes just a made three or something good happening on the offensive end when really it was like, no, no, your response needs to have the next possession on defense be a little bit more intense, show resistance, be up on guys. And it just wasn't there. This game reminded me so much of the Clippers game in LA and the, the Kings got off to a better start tonight because they were knocking down shots but defensively they were getting worked and this is what we're starting to there's a theme building here right you're starting to see the differences in teams the Clippers are playing good basketball right now and they hunted guys tonight the Boston Celtics hunted in the start of the third quarter they must have Tried to get Herter on Porzingis. I felt like every possession. They were going at Herter. And it got to the point, Brown took him out. Took him out early. Like the 10-10 mark of the third quarter. And Herter didn't come back in the game. Because they kept going to it. And I felt like the Kings were giving up the switch too easy. I'm sorry. Like, don't switch it. On the other end, Boston, when the Kings are trying to get Holiday off Fox, Holiday's staying attached to him. He's staying engaged to him going, I'm fine through that screen. I'm not letting that happen. And I, I thought tonight the Kings allowed that switch too easy. And then Porzingis is like, I don't care. I'm seven foot. Literally, Herter, you can't guard me. I'm more physical than you. I'm longer than you. I'm a good shooter. I can post you up. I can turn you around. You can't guard me. And that's what happened uh, to start that third quarter. And Sacramento, no answer. This is another third quarter against Boston where they just get blitz. They allowed 40 points in one quarter last year in the third quarter. Uh, they had 30 in another game, and tonight, 39 in the third quarter. It was it was bad. It was really bad, and it, 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 similar to the Clippers game, it highlighted the Kings' weaknesses, and that that's just the reality of the situation. But they even with those weaknesses, it shouldn't have been this bad. Weren't we just talking about, after Monday night's game, how good the, the Kings have been this year in third quarters? Yeah. How much better yeah. they've been in third quarters against teams? And um, it's really been something that has helped them finish out games strong, especially especially against some of these teams that they're supposed to get the wins against. It's like, yes, that is what you're supposed to look like. That is what you're supposed to do. But then we've also seen them get some good wins against some better teams. Like you can go to the T-Wolves. You got to throw some other ones at me because my brain's a little slow. But OKC it's like, twice. They beat Denver you. even they're a little bit shorthanded. They've beaten the Lakers a couple of times. Like they've had some good wins. Exactly. And that's my point is like, and they've also had good third quarters in those wins. And they've also played consistently or had some good responses throughout those games. So yeah, I, it was really disappointing that the Celtics second night of a back-to-back -back, missing two of their guys. And it just felt like the Kings in that third, third quarter, it's not like they gave up, but they just didn't make enough adjustments to really put it on the Celtics to try and change their game. I, I don't love repeating myself. Uh, this is a theme and teams who are more physical, give the Kings problems and we could talk all, Hey, be more physical. Some of these guys just don't have that in their game, you know, and they're not strong enough maybe to match it. Drew holiday is a hawk out there. Derek White, you brought, I'm glad you brought Derek White up too because he was one of five players who had 20 or more in this game for Boston. One of five. This is a shorthanded team, and we talked about the Celtics' depth, like, oh, a little shaky, but when those guys are cruising, night-night. We know what he can do from beyond the arc, but what makes Derek White, in my opinion, 
one of the most underrated players in the game, is his ability to not only hit the three, get his team involved, he's guarding everybody. He's helping mm-hmm. on Sabonis, making his life more challenging. And, you know, the Kings trying to run pick and roll sometimes, and it's like, oh, we'll just switch Holiday and White. And White can guard Fox. He can guard HB in the post. He can help on Sabonis. They, in their starting lineup, have three, tonight at least, three plus defenders in White, Drew Holiday's tremendous. And then I thought Porzingis changed the game. I thought he, his defense was everything. I know what he can do offensively, but he had six blocks in this game, and I counted a number of times where the Kings got into the paint, specifically Malik Monk, and they he looked and saw Porzingis there. He passed it. And yep. he, he was also, Sabonis tried to be aggressive with him. Dude, he was taking some body shots from Sabonis. It didn't matter. I thought... Porzingis changed the game and they, they showed why they're legit. Like this is a championship contender team. They've got the offense. They have three point shooting floor spacing, two star players in Tatum and Brown. And then Porzingis ability to defend it's if they stay healthy, good luck. Going off of this long thing sorry. that you're kind of I, saying, I'm, I, why I am I talking so much? I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to cut you off in your podcast. Um, but going back to first starting with Derek White, because then I do want to get to Porzingis. Derek White, I think his game is just so well-rounded so and you're good. just year by year, uh, get better and better. I think it gets better with experience. I think it gets better because of the teammates around him, the opportunities that he's been given, but also how he capitalizes on these opportunities to deserve more minutes and um, more things coming for him so he can become a better player. And like you said, on the defense event, being able to switch on anyone and just be so active has been has been very dominant for this Celtics defense in so many different ways. But then go to Porzingis. Porzingis at one point in, I mean, I think let's say like when he was with Dallas, he was probably one of the worst defenders in the league, especially when you would go in the middle on yeah. him. I think there's a lot of ways that you could just go into his body. He was not strong enough. Wasn't healthy. He, he obviously wasn't healthy. We know his health story. It's, but I'm just looking back at some of the, the times he was healthy and on the floor um, or healthier and on the floor when he was with Dallas, at least. And there's something that changed when he went with Washington. And I don't know what he figured out there, but he, you could tell he felt better as a player, right? He obviously felt better on the offensive end. Luca didn't have the ball. You know, there wasn't one player that they just had vibe. the ball. They didn't vibe. It wasn't good. It wasn't good for his game. So whatever started happening on the offensive end, though, I felt like he started figuring out what he would be capable of doing on the defensive end. And when that clicked for him, his whole game has changed. He has become so dominant. And then you add in, I know Jason Tatum wasn't in there tonight, but we just look at the Celtics as a whole and what their defense is looking like now. I mean, Drew Holiday, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Porzingis, Derek White. I mean, you just got so many defenders out there that, like you said, can guard almost any body but Porzingis for him to be able to take shots from such a strong big like Sabonis yeah that shit's scary he changed shots just by his sheer presence in the paint and in a weird way it probably would have been better if Tatum played tonight because his ankle would have been a little sore no and last night they settled for threes you know Boston took 58 threes last night against the Golden State Warriors, you know? And they sometimes they, they get they, they get in these habits of settling. And tonight, it was a much more balanced attack in Sacramento's defense. Yeah, I mean, I thought about before the game, like, dude, if they play defense like they did against Washington, it was going to be a problem. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you're playing without, they're playing without Tatum. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it's frustrating. And I think another thing I want to mention about Derek White, you, you reflect back on that trade. The Spurs traded him to Boston. They gave up a first-round pick that turned out to be Blake Wesley in 2022, Josh Richardson, who's not there, Romeo Langford, who's not in the NBA, he's in the G League, and then there's a 2028 pick swap. They made a trade like that, and you know you, you attach a pick to it, sure. Derek White has been a game-changer for them. And, yeah. you know... Derek White, when that trade happened, no one was going, oh, my God, what? that's going to change everything from the Celtics. 
it's a great example of making a move for a solid role player who can play defense, has size, versatility, and can shoot the three that you add to your team, and it changes so much. Like, you can bring him off the bench. He's going to have an impact. You can start him. He's going to have an impact. And I think that's a good lesson right there, right, for the Kings front office to look at. For Kings fans, too, when you're coming up with trade ideas, you always look at these big names, big names. Sometimes it's the moves on the fringes. Derek White was, you know, in San Antonio. He had some good run there every once in a while. He showed flashes. But in this specific role where he's not, he's not relied upon to do everything, he's out there to make plays defensively, guard the ball, hit some open shots, you could see how important he is to that team. It's a hell of a trade by the Boston Celtics. And you talk about that fringe trade and, and right there. Yes, great. But then you also talk about a move that they just made, obviously, when they traded away Marcus Smart. And everyone's like, you're trading away your heart, your soul, your locker room guy. And how many times have we talked about in this league, sometimes you have to trade good for good. And obviously, they're good that ended up coming back because of so many different other situations that were going on in this league. Getting Drew Holiday to really fill that void as like a an elite. <laughs> on ball defender it's just it's a whole nother level what they were capable of doing in the offseason and look they are a true championship contending team and they're only going to get better especially if they stay healthy and when I say stay healthy with them I'm not saying like Anthony Davis like when healthy if healthy I feel like they are more on track of being a healthier team as they continue to move forward with this style of basketball. I would love to find out like years from now, if, if like these execs ever talk about these trades about the whole Dame situation, because you know, there was talk about Boston trying to be in on him too. Mm-hmm. And in a wild way, this worked out way better. Yeah. Dame went to Milwaukee, but then it allowed them to go after drew holiday and yep. drew has been a game changer for them too. I mean, just his ability to guard. So yeah, you lose smart, but you add Drew Holiday's ability to defend multiple positions at such a high level. He's a smart defender, high basketball IQ. Yeah, I, I mean, this is this team's awesome. And I, I Sacramento to me, I think they will under the physical pressure of these teams. And you saw it with Kawhi and James Harden. I saw it tonight in this game. I mean, Jalen Brown. The guy played with force tonight. Like, on a second night back-to-back, he was like, I'm going attacking the basket. How many nasty dunks did he have in this game? Like, if I'm a a Kings player, I'm I'm disgusted by that. Like, that can't happen. That's it. It was the line drives that I was disgusted with, that that I was very disappointed with. I was like, those are the plays where you – we've seen this Kings team stop a player uh, the caliber of Jalen Brown get to the basket. And I felt like we've already mentioned this. It was the on-ball defense not showing up, not being there, not being able to cut them off. Sure, whatever. But then the second line of defense, the help, where was that? It was not there in time ever. And I don't know if people were afraid of shifting over um, or if there was miscommunications at times, but just nothing felt like it was clicking on that end, especially with the spray threes when they had to have to run out. Yep. It, it like there was too many open threes for the Celtics, not enough contested. Open threes for one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. They were 20 right. of 20, excuse me, they were 22 of 42 tonight. I mean, Sacramento was 21 of 44. And on, on the box, we were like, dude, that's amazing. That's 47%. But they hit 11 of those in the first quarter, right? Uh, you know, like they hit 14 at halftime. They finished with 21. So they hit seven the second half, right? They hit 10 the rest of the game. Boston, I thought, came out in that second half. And I think their mindset was simple. This is we're up right now. We're up and Sacramento is hitting everything. If we just come out and play some defense and play physical with them, they're going to fold. And that's what happened tonight. They folded, they folded and it was easy. And like, I'm not trying to overreact to like losing to the Celtics, but for them to come in on a second, I have a back-to-back score 144 points to have 30 fast break points. 30. What? 
huge. It's like they were the they were the faster team. They were the team running on the Kings. Just disappointing transition defense um, for Sacramento. And you know, again, you can go back to just like all the little things: offensive rebounds, fourteen offensive rebounds for the Celtics that led to eighteen second chance points. Like we've already talked about how them coming down the floor and making some of those threes are deflating. But then when you allow them to just grab long rebound after long rebound yeah. uh and they they execute in those moments as well like that's the tough part when you're not actually finding a way to stop them on that second chance and look deuce i know you hate whenever we do a podcast and we're like not actually talking about okay what they needed to do then or what they should have done different sometimes the bounce is going to be weird right like you see that before but i feel like when it started happening so much, the, the mentality should have changed for the Kings going, okay, shit, everyone find a body every single time that someone is shooting the ball. Even if you have shooter, you are boxing them out. Like, even if you're used to just like starting to push out, run your lane and go, you got to make sure that you were just putting a body on someone. I just felt like those small adjustments weren't being made in the second half. In the YouTube chat, we appreciate everyone being here. Uh, Osu, I believe is how you say it. it, says, I think Sacramento also lost their offensive flow when they decided to try to attack Sam Hauser, which the Celtics invite you to do. Yeah, and that's that's the problem is like, I think attacking Sam with Fox is one thing, but the reality is Boston, you, you I get why you'd want to run some action to attack Sam, Sam Hauser. He's not a good defender, but he's also surrounded by... <laughs> four other guys who defend right like you put them in the starting lineup if you have one weakness it's okay right well we're sacramento on the lot nights has two major weaknesses defensively in the starting lineup with harrison barnes and kevin herter so i think when you continue to do that yeah you get out of your flow a little bit and boston's so good at helping they're like we'll just we're gonna have this guy's back and we're gonna rotate because we're just we're on a string it's a team that has had some guys who've played together for a while and then also just smart players who have made deep runs before and so yeah i mean it's it's the same thing we talked about like these the, the weaknesses the kings have remain the weaknesses when they win and, and it looks good. They still have these weaknesses. They get exposed by some of the better teams who know how to do it, who just have some better talent and and can can really attack you. Yeah, it's like, look, I love, I love, love that they're getting shit done against the Washington Wizards and the Utah Jazz because I think sometimes people lose perspective of that. Or if your team that you root for or that you cover has won championships in the past, then sure, your expectations completely change. My expectations are absolutely higher for the Sacramento Kings this year. And that's why like against some of those teams, it's no, 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 not barely getting the win. It's getting the job done. But what we're seeing right now against the better teams, it's just unacceptable because I, one, I do believe that they are a better team than that, even with what they have right now internally. So like, if they're going to lose those games, it's got to look different. But I think it's also very telling that, okay, well, if they want to take a leap into a different category as a team, we will be seeing some changes. For sure. I mean, I, I'm, it, it's going to have, it has to, if they're going to take a jump, For you sure. know? So uh, also in the chat, uh, I think it was Brian in the chat saying that, Murray, Keegan Murray getting into foul trouble is clearly uh, how teams are attacking the Kings now to take away his rhythm scoring. Yeah, and, you know, Keegan's being asked to defend some pretty talented people. He, he picked up a couple of tough ones trying to defend Jalen Brown, and, you know, that that hurts you. It hurts you. And I thought Sacramento early on, I mean, look, it's so hard to – I understand it's hard to acknowledge anything good in a game like this because it's like, God damn – the, the way that first half was with all the scoring was insane. Like De'Aaron Fox's three-point shooting is insane this year. He had 26 oh. points in the first half. He knocked down six, what, six three-pointers in the first half? I don't think he took another three in the second half. And he only had three points in the second yeah. half. Boston was like, yeah, that's cool. You know what? We're denying you the ball. You're not getting anything. De'Aaron finished with three points in the second half. They were just like, we are, you are not touching the ball. We're going to front you. 
We're going to make you work. We're going to get the ball to your hands, and you're going to make someone else beat us because we're going to trust the matchups. If we can stop you, we're going to trust the rest of our team to slow down that. Yeah, and first of all, before I get to De'Aaron, first, I felt like there were other people on this roster that were stepping up. They were making threes. They were, you know, trying to play make, trying to go up against a good defense. And I thought shots were being made. Harrison Barnes had a couple of threes, two threes. Uh, um, who was it? Was Keon Ellis was the other one that like knocked down some big threes. He had, was four of seven. But the De'Aaron Fox threes that we did see mm. in that first some half, deep ass ones. That's what I'm saying, Deuce. They were. It was just like. He was feeling good in rhythm. A, like, what about that? He had two step backs. He had that one where like Pritchard was all over him. And then he had that one on Namias Keda, which was sick where he wouldn't attack mode and step back and hit the three. Yeah. He's, he's shooting with confidence, but they needed more help. They needed more help, but here's, but this is my point to the more help Sorry. because then you, you go down the line and you see other guys that were like, okay, like getting in double digits, you go into the bench and you go, Monk, 10, Ellis, 12, Lyles, 11, whatever. Like that's you, you want to see those nights from them, but it was just what you weren't seeing is defense on the other end. You weren't seeing even those guys, the bench getting any stops that they needed to get. I thought Trey Lyles did a good job of like even bodying up uh, Namias Keda at times. That's what, I, that's what I love about Lyles. Like sometimes he's not the biggest guy out there, but he's just so freaking strong. And like those moments are there, but then you talk about that one breakdown in a defense and there's too many times when that second unit would go in, it was those breakdowns would happen, right? You don't have your best defenders out there and then everyone's not together. And it just felt like those spray threes, everything was just right there, ready for the Celtics to uh, dominate. Yeah. Uh, were you more impressed with what they were able to do offensively or defensively? Speaking of Boston. I think defensively um, for me, I think they just, I, I thought one when they went denying Fox, but even when Fox got into the paint, just their ability to collapse and be big and be physical. I mean, it, he, they neutralized him. The guy cooked him in the first half. It was it what it was impressive how they responded to what De'Aaron did in the first half, and they said, "Okay, these are the adjustments we need to make. This is what we need to do." But I really like offensively, their their shot making ability in this game, shooting fifty five percent from the field, fifty two percent from three point land. I mean, you were seeing some of these shots now. Granted, some of them were way too open. Yes, uh, yes. Some of the layups were way too easy. So I guess like that's where you're right when you go to their defense where it was more impressive because someone like De'Aaron was getting what he wanted and they said, oh no, we're going to actually stop. It's yeah. And, I, and like you said, Porzingis just doing a great job of sliding on over and helping um, on the defensive end. And then Drew Holiday, obviously, too, when you just have that pressure on someone, it just disrupts a game. Porzingis had 24 points. He had nine rebounds. He had six blocks, Morgan. Uh, Derek White had 28 points, seven assists, and three blocks in this game. Drew Holiday had 21 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, two steals in this game. You had another guy who scored uh, 20 plus, uh, just Jalen Brown. He had 28 points, six assists, five rebounds. And then Peyton Pritchard off the bench had 20 points. Boston out rebounded Sacramento 50 to 37 in this game. They shot 55% and 52.4% from beyond the arc. Sacramento was 47%. Okay, whatever. 21 of 44 from three, just 12 of 23 from the free throw line. Ugh. Let's get to some people in the chat before we continue on. Um, oh man, the, the chat's always fun on nights like this. Uh, Gamer F2P says, not going to beat Denver, Golden State, nor the T-Wolves either, nor Thunder in a seven-game series. Okay, a couple of things. Let's tap the brakes. Like, if, if this same team is playing in the playoffs, we'll see, right? Like, I imagine there's going to be some moves made. Plus, stop with this OKC stuff. Like, what are we doing? The Kings beat him without De'Aaron Fox. They beat him again. OKC, unless they make a move, they ain't ready for this. They're not. And they're going to be good. They've got a lot of young SGA stud. Chet's a stud. Jalen Williams. But they they don't have the size to, to take a seven-game series, in my opinion, at this point. I'm 
I'm not getting there yet. The Kings beat Minnesota on the road. The one team that's beat Minnesota in their home court, Sacramento. And they played a great game there. So, like, we we tend to, like, overreact with these losses. And I get being upset tonight, but also tap the brakes. This is the, – the, there's different levels. And this brings me to my next point. It goes to a tweet I saw from Kevin O'Connor because this is the, the type of stuff that I'm just like, what are we doing here? Right? Like, KOC um, – Decide he's going to go into troll mode, Morgan. And he tweets, The Celtics have broken the Kings, who are once again proving to be far too small, not enough size, particularly with help defense, and not enough rebounding. It's a bad sign to lose like this against Boston on the second half of a road back-to-back without two of its best players. It should be obvious at this point the Kings are a great regular season team, but not equipped to win against NBA Finals contenders, which Sacramento won't be without making a big move. Well, dude, can can we can we just talk about expectations for a second? Like, I, 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 I thought that was Kevin O'Connor reading it. You, I know it sounded just like him. Here's my problem with that tweet. What? Kevin O'Connor. By the way, this doesn't change how we've hung out with Kevin O'Connor. He's been on the podcast. I would say this to his face. He only tweets about the Kings when they lose. And my challenge to him is, hey. Maybe you should turn on the game on a Tuesday night when they're not playing Boston or some premier game. Like, watch the other games, too. Don't just tweet when they're in a big in-season tournament game against the Pelicans or when they're playing your Boston Celtics. Watch them other times. Like, keep the same energy. Understand that De'Aaron Fox is taking a serious leap. Why aren't you tweeting and talking about De'Aaron Fox, who's averaging 30 points a game and near 40% from three? Why aren't you talking about King and Murray evolving into a two-way stud? Sabonis playing some really good basketball. And understand, at the same time, they do need help. We can acknowledge that. We can also acknowledge this. The Boston Celtics are championship contenders. Does it? Did anyone say that about the... Are they championship contenders in anyone's eyes i understand having that as a goal for a team but the kings have moves to make so i don't understand this whole punching down and like hey i'm gonna go at sacramento tonight it's a troll job it's lame be better like i i the, the national media needs to stay up and watch sacramento besides when they're playing premier matchups okay that's that's what's kind of irritating about it you know well, they, they spend too much time watching the teams like golden state the lakers the clippers the suns they turn on sacramento when hey there's not a lot of games on it's on nba tv the celtics i'll watch and then they're going to make these bold proclamations off that it's trash hi yeah, I'm just waiting. Sorry. Just, it's, it's only 2.15 in the morning, and I'm, like, trying to talk. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me cook for a second. I'm I'm cooking a stew. You want a, you want a little bite? You've been cooking. Uh, You're cooking too long. Like, get out of the kitchen, yeah. stupid. Uh, um. <sighs> anyway, I uh, it's funny because sometimes I feel like national media – in my opinion, we're like upset that the Kings proved a lot of people wrong last year. So then this year it can't, they like a lot of people come in and go, well, it had to be a fluke because that's not how the system works. You have to have a big three. You have to have a big that protects the rim as a shot blocker, not just someone that can stay vertical and grab a defensive rebound. Like there's all these narratives. I feel like sometimes that are in a lot of people's heads that cover the NBA nationally. Now, what Kevin O'Connor said tonight, I just thought everything was wrong until he got to the end. And the end was the Kings need to make a change if they really, you know, if they want to be considered this or this. Totally understand. Totally get that. But I feel like sometimes I go, but the expectations for the Kings no, for for us on the outside is not championship. Always in the organization, every year it should be championship. I totally get it. But for us, you, I think you would be, it's like stupid if you actually think like the Kings can win a championship this year after one year of getting into the first round of the playoffs. Now, I would change my perspective if all of a sudden you're telling me, oh, they got Kevin Durant or you know, someone uh, name someone else that would actually make this team better. Like I, I'm not even going to say LeBron James because I don't even believe that that would be like the piece to make them better or anything. But my whole point to this, I just think sometimes 
like even Kevin, I text him and I call him Kevin O'Heal because I'm like, that is such a heel move to just like want the hatred from people. And I don't think that's what he thinks he's doing, but he is. He, he is. 100% major, knows what he's major doing. Major troll job, little shit. And everyone, you can give it to him. Tell him he's a little shit. He's, I get it. He's playing the heel role as someone who can be the ultimate heel. I get it. Uh, also, shout out to the chat who acknowledged that I put the wrong screen on the score. I put 144 to 116 Celtics. I shorted the Kings three points. So I put those three points on the board. I forget who said it in the chat, but thank you. I shouldn't be making graphics uh, during breaks when I'm doing TV. Um, <laughs> uh, the Kings are 16 and 10. But to go back to your last point, Morgan, I, I don't, you, I think you can talk to any Kings fan out there. I would say, 99% of Kings fans acknowledge that like, oh, this is not a finished product. Mm -hmm. This team's not ready to make some deep run. Like you can acknowledge like there's some great things happening. And I think the front office knows that. And now it's on them to show, right? Like, okay, what are the moves that have to be, be made to get you to the point? We all know the weaknesses we saw on display tonight. We saw on display in the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors, right? When these teams who are prepared and ready to go can expose your weaknesses. And then we're seeing it against the Clippers, Celtics. Like, we, we acknowledge all that. So, now, what can it, kind of tweaks they can they make? And that's why I point to that one the Boston Celtics made. Derek White, what a move. And, yeah. like, that's, that's one of those that, you know, you look back on, and if they win a championship, you go, that move, Drew Holiday, those are big-time moves. But then also with the Derek White situation, you look at how they had to internally develop him, grow, and give him these different opportunities to give him the situation that was going to also make him into the player he is right now. And I think sometimes, too, people go, whoa, whoa, can't you just like trade everyone and make this big change and get these star players? And it's like, that's not how it needs to be. Yeah. Who won the championship last year? The Denver Nuggets. Yes, they have one of the best players in the world on their team. And then you can go down the line to even Jamal Murray and then Aaron Gordon, but it's how they grew together. It's how they found internal development. And I do believe that the Kings find value in that but you also have to have the right pieces if you want that internal development to see success you got to keep making those tweaks making those tweaks but it takes time in the chat lee joe says or is it leho sorry whatever he says literally nothing wrong with what kevin o'connor said he said the kings need to make moves if they want to win no he yeah. we did I, I mean we acknowledge that too the last part is true. It's just, again, he never tweets any other time. And he's been doing the last couple of times he's tweeted. He's tweeted the Pelicans game, the in-season tournament yeah. game, and then tonight. So, like, that, that's he. There's a lot of shit on him, too, yeah. okay? Yeah. You guys don't get all the fun. We can do it, too. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. There's some more people talking. Uh, Devin in the chat says, you aren't getting a game changer back for Davion and or HB. Well, the good news is you have other players on the team so and you have picks you can move so yeah i i breaking news the league wasn't like hey if you make a move you can only move these guys so look it's on him to be aggressive um so you got to be deliberate with it but make the right move you know and it is so funny too whenever like a night like this compared to the last two night chats of wins and really good basketball and the style is beautiful. And like Harrison Barnes is contributing and you're just seeing a little bit from, from everybody. And then you see night like this and everyone just gets frustrated and it goes, what about in free agency? They're not yeah. doing this. Not in trades. They're not doing this. And you can't make irrational moves and quick moves out of fear. You have to trust the process yeah. and the patience of how sports work and how you are supposed to grow together. Now there, yes, I truly believe there are some organizations that have the way longer leashes. I think about someone like Sam Presti and he's going to start looking like a genius, but look how long it took him to even get to this point where it's not like the thunder are go going to be seen as a championship team again. Well, this season. According to KOC, they're one piece away from being a championship team. He said that. So did he really? Yeah, he did. He did. Oh They're one God. piece away from being a championship team this year. Um, 
Ian in the chat says it's frustrating to wait on the front office to make a move, but even worse for a front office to rush into a bad move, see the Lakers trading for Westbrook. Yeah, I mean, it's the other reality is like more times than not, trades don't happen until the deadline either. So you're, you're just going to have to potentially wait a little bit. That's how I look at it. Uh, Nunya says we need to play McGee more. We get out rebounded because Sabonis can't do all the big man role by himself, especially since he's more of a power forward. Disagree with the last part. To me, he's a center. He's a center. Uh, I think that's why we go back to some of the weaknesses. The Kings could use some more size and someone at the four who's athletic can rebound and fight for these boards to take some pressure off Sabonis. As far as playing McGee, I thought tonight, yeah, with the way things were going, rebounding, I thought getting him in maybe a little sooner would have made some sense. I thought he came in and did some nice things. He had four blocks in his, his very, what, 11 minutes or something like that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he, you know, he hasn't been good this year either, right? He's been so up and down, but they did go to him, and I thought he had some solid moments when he did play. Love when he has those solid moments too because you see – what he's capable of doing in that role. And then when he tries to do too much or he puts the ball on the floor, that's when the mistakes start happening. Or then he gets chaotic with his body and then fouls people. And it's like, okay, you are taking everyone out of this game right now. And so it's great when he is just under control and doing his thing. And so, yeah, hopefully he can keep having um, these little moments. We're going to play a new game. We're debuting tonight on the podcast, Morgan. You're our first contestant. Don't look at the chat for the answer. Just, you know, okay. pay attention to me. So it is 2.23 a.m. on the East Coast right now. What time is it on the West Coast? Dun, 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 dun. Morgan's bad with time zones. Is it 12.23? Oh, no, it's 11.23. Is that your final answer? Hold on. 11.23 to 12.23. 12.23 to 1.23. Oh, it's 11.23. You're right. Yes. Give it up. Just to be clear, Morgan, do, she's on the East Coast, right? In Orlando for the NBA G League Showcase. You're doing all these games, right? And if you notice, anytime she promotes the game, she always says 6 p.m. Eastern time or 12 Eastern time. She never mentions what time it is on the West Coast because she doesn't know. And look how long it took her. She goes, is that one, two, three? I can't. I, she is terrible with time zones. It's it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen, especially when it's like, I'm, you're not in Sydney, Australia. You're not in New Delhi. You are three hours away. Hey, just subtract three hours. You get the answer. So it's it's real. It's so weird because for some reason that basic math is uh, like even when I count like okay, how many hours of sleep am I going to get tonight? <laughs> if I start at a certain time, I will. I'll just use my fingers and I'll go. Okay, I'm going to bed from one twenty-five yeah. to two twenty-five. Two twenty-five to three twenty. And I don't know. I don't. Math was just never my. Thing. Hey, we give me we the can, ball and get out of my way. Tell, huh? <laughs> I was a jock. I was oh, a jock. I, I didn't. I didn't side, need side no note, school. I met a uh, someone, an intern who works for the Kings today. Oh, God, I think her name's Maya. If it's not okay. Maya, I'm sorry, dude. I butchered your name, man. But pretend it is. You know. Anyway, she mentioned you because she went to Sierra College. Uh, where do you think she transferred to? <laughs> Santa Barbara? Yale. Anyway, I thought just thought it was funny. I'm like, wow, what a move. And she goes, hey, like, huge fans of you guys. You guys do great work. Really like you guys. On whatever. Very nice. But she goes, yeah, I was at Sierra College. And, like, um, yeah, she was mentioned at this thing I was at. Like, they were giving you love for how good a, a basketball player you are at uh, Sierra College. I was like, oh, wow. I'll have to tell Morgan about that. My face. I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. She's like, yeah, <laughs> didn't, she, didn't she win, like, a championship or something? And you're like, runner-ups, yeah. runner-ups. Oh, second place. <laughs> Choke job. <laughs> um, uh, we have we do have more of the podcast coming up. Not much more because Morgan can go nighty-night. Shout out to you for being up to almost 3 a.m. East Coast time. Hey, night chat. It calls. And it, this no. I, I need this in my life. Um, let's see here. Where did I want to go next? Oh, we should mention that tonight's podcast is presented by our friends over at Northwest Exteriors. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, I need some new windows. 
or that doesn't that- make sense. No, no. Ho, ho, ho. You need some windows. It's on your list. That's stupid too. Ignore me. Wait, no, I, I like the first one. Santa needs new windows. Why? Because he's in the North Pole and it's freezing. Yeah, and thank what you. did the windows do? Keep all the cold out. Apparently Santa's like, dude, I have these single pane ones I got put in in 1707. We just haven't replaced them, you know? And I'm looking everywhere. I see this beam straight in the air in Sacramento. And I go, oh, that beam? is it, That's presented by Northwest Exteriors. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Goes to Rancho Cordova, goes to the showroom and goes, I'm going to this place. Kings fans, they light a beam. Northwest exteriors. I'm getting dual pane windows. So at the North Pole, I could stay a little more warm. I know it's heating up there. Everything's melting up in the North Pole anyway. But guess what? I need to stay nice and cozy. We're, we're working on toys and it's freezing. So... Go to the experts at Northwest Exteriors. Check out NorthwestExteriors.com where Santa said, ho, 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 simply the bus. Trust Northwest. That's pretty good improv, huh? Fantastic. I saved your story with Santa needing windows. Yeah, you did. You did. And that's good. You know, sometimes you need your teammate to have your back and like give you the confidence to keep going with something. I got you. Thank you. Uh, Hector in the chest says, all right, that's enough. Hey, Hector, go to bed, okay? Go to bed. You're, you're um, going to do, do I'm a little feisty tonight. I'm feisty. I'm full of energy, but I'm also happy at the same time. I'm just living life right now. My dog's coming home tomorrow. Carlin's back from the vet after being there for two days and having major surgery on his spine. His legs don't work. But, hey, we're going to make the best of it. Hey, and on top of all that, Deuce, you have all that going. I mean, so do I. We we have all of that going on. And, and But you mostly getting another game thrown at you today, that is really where I want to go really quick because, I mean, one, it's okay. insane that you did the game Monday with taking Carlin to the ER. But okay. two, then today, just getting this thrown at you last minute and being able to step up in that analyst role. And I'm watching tonight. I'm just like, holy shit, you're really good. You're really like, I get to see you in the hosting role with our podcast. I get to see you in the play-by-play role um, with a lot of G League calls. But like seeing you analyze tonight, like you were just in another element, another energy world. And I just thought you did a fantastic job. Um, so yeah, my breakdown of your pre-half and post-game show, you made that loss like, worth watching all the way through the end well thank you um just just give me touches man i just need minutes you know i just need minutes that's what i need put me on i'm ready nbc i'm here deuce and mo more deuce and mo on nbc sports california put us with anybody i'm ready put me with my i never worked with mike bibby we i work with him i never worked with kyle draper like that worked with him Shout out to Draper. Made life easy. Just dropping me dimes. I'm have to, I, th- I got to finish at the rim. So, yeah. I mean, I, here's the thing. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. You know that. But there's also Deuce Mason has another side of him where he's got a little chip on his shoulder where like, I know I can do this. I know I can. And I just, I need the opportunity. And I promise you, those lights come on. I'll be ready to go. And I love doing it. I'm passionate about doing it. I feel like I'm trying to sell myself to everyone here right now for some reason. Which is weird. Like, hey, you guys believe in me. I can do it, right? You see me? I get some time and I can do it. But to be honest, I I say that because I love doing it. And I I was, so it was, yeah, for such a shitty game, I had a lot of fun. Like, it was like, cool. You know, it's, you know, talking about basketball in my hometown is a win. So it's. It's a win. And just one more thing too, because I know I always like whenever, whenever either one of us are doing something new within this broadcasting world, it's like, you know, a lot of people act like they've been there before, but like, I think sometimes with me and you, like we take a step back and we really just always are like, whoa, this is so cool. And we're just truly like tonight, I was just so proud of you. And I like put it out again. No, I, that's why I put it Um, out again. Like so cool seeing good people succeed especially with something that they love so well i appreciate that and it was a, honestly i'm glad i got the call and they trusted me to put me in that spot and i hope i proved to them like yeah i can do it and um i you know i 
I know. I just went on this rant about, <laughs> I can do it. Turn the lights on. I'm having fun with that. But I do have confidence in myself and I want this bad. And so any opportunity you get, I'm like, I'm fired up. Like I'm back on Friday. I'm back Friday hosting with Matt Barnes is scheduled to appear. Hopefully he's in the building that game. And I'm excited to work with him. Two Del Campo icons. Okay, one oh. Del Campo icon myself. Uh. And Matt, um, no, Matt. Del Campo, baby. We're both Del Campo guys. Cougars. Um, so I'll be back Friday and I'm so excited to get that chance and like to be in a host role again. Um, maybe a little more clear headed, hopefully, than I was the other night. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh no. I appreciate everyone giving me love. I appreciate your love. Also, this is like the slobber part before we move on and look ahead and talk about more of the game, but you're killing with the G league showcase. I know this hasn't oh. been easy either. All this Carlin stuff being a 3000 miles away, calling a whole bunch of G league games where you're trying to learn players fast. You're killing it and great job. No. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, today my second game was a little off and I was a little disappointed okay. in myself, my rhythm. And just like, I felt prepared, but just not as prepared yeah. as the first game. Again, it's really hard calling, studying for four different teams that you've never called before. And it's not like, Oh, you just look them up and you see all their highlights. It's these are players that just um, the resources are low, but at the same time, you know, just trying to keep growing and get better. So thanks. Well, we appreciate everyone's support for sure. There's zero doubt about it. You guys are the best. Um, rock, who's your rock and soul player of the game? Oh, well, oh, I already know. My. What? <sighs> Old Deuce might be going to fire up for a second. No, don't. Okay. Please, yeah. I don't anyway, that. someone in the chat was like, is this a, a basketball chat? Like just random. And then the lights in the chest is, that's what I was thinking. They've been talking about themselves the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Dude, we spent, I Wait, sp no, we spent 50 doesn't... minutes talking about the game and I Morgan spent a second complimenting some of my work because I'm getting more opportunity and some people like hearing about Dude. it and I just was wanting to talk about it. It's a podcast. Dude. I'm just expanding. Lights is fine. Man. It's okay, lights. It's okay. And it's okay, Deuce. Um, Thanks for the so support, anyway. lights, during this challenging time. My I really appreciate you on my <laughs> back. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. Uh, the dog's legs doesn't work, you asshole. Okay. Um, anyway. So. Rock and soul player of the game. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Derek White. Derek White is your rock and soul player of the game. Let's yeah. see who the yeah. rock and soul player of the game is. Derek White. Hey. 28 points, seven assists, three blocks. Look at this, Morgan. 10 of 13 shooting, six of nine from three. I like that you said yay because you're right and not yay because he is the rock and soul player of the game uh before king's game you should definitely go to rocket soul they're just six blocks from gold one center you get great food and deals during games tell me listen to do some old podcast if you go into the game go there before share a ticket you get discounts too they got breakfast for dinner love it lunch dinner cocktails you can watch games there check it out 10th and s in downtown sacramento um derek y 28 points seven assists three blocks as i mentioned and morgan he's just um it, yeah i i think he it's going to get to a point where so many people are calling him underrated that he's not underrated anymore. But I, I think he is showing why he's such a talented player. He was, he's just been unbelievable for the Boston Celtics. And that I just love how hard he plays. I like how physical he is. He's handsy. He can guard multiple positions. That versatility is huge. And then he's going, yeah, I'll hit threes too. Tatum and Brown, they get so, so much attention. We're going to move the ball. I'm going to get good looks from three and I'm going to knock it down. He was, he was awesome tonight. It's just so important understanding your role when you are playing with so many different star players or players that are just at a different level in this league, a different tier of player. And I think Derek White, just truly understands that because of his grind and because of where he was and where he is now. And I, he does a great job capitalizing on all these opportunities and has really, has really made a name for himself. When you're talking about the Boston Celtics, sure. You're going to talk about all the other guys, but make sure you're sprinkling in exactly what he does too. Congrats to him. What do you think? Uh, here's, here's a question for the chat and I want you to brainstorm it too, but We've been very active with our chat today. It's kind of, I, I, I'm having fun. Someone in the chat was saying, oh, this podcast is unhinged tonight. Yeah, it's, it feels like an old school night chat a little bit. Um, what is 
our Sharif Jewelers moment of the game. We have this big moment jar that we put a moment in from every single Kings game. This is going to be moment number 26 we're putting in as the Kings are 16 and 10. What is the one moment, maybe two moments we should put on here that will remember what we should remember? Okay. Um, I'm trying to think, did anyone have, I mean, I just think about I, like for some reason in my nightmares right now, I'm going to be having nightmares about um, Jalen Brown and those line drives. Like Dude. it felt like layup line status for him. Except his layups were just massive jams on anybody who was trying to provide <laughs> like a late contest. Lyle's got all the way fast. He was there. He's like, I'm out of this shit. Could do that and put and put Derek White's threes. Like I, I honestly think that will trigger my memory of being like, this is the game. And and by the way, when we're talking about Derek White, I think sometimes when we talk about like Kings killers and these guys that just step up out of nowhere, he's not stepping up out of nowhere. It was just his contributions Damn. tonight really, really punched it home for the Celtics. Some of the people in chat saying, oh, JaVale's block that he had, that was awesome. But then Derek White drained a three. Yeah, that was yeah. a pretty bad moment. That that hurt. How many, I don't Make know how many times I've seen that where like there's a block shot and it turns into a three. Ugh. Is that the moment though? Maybe that's the moment to really just define what yeah. tonight's was. Uh, Curtis says, Keon's double pump three. You guys are really nice. You guys are really nice. Someone saying Jalen Brown getting stuffed by McGee. Uh, I, yeah, it, it's so hard for me to put any of those. You guys are really nice with these moments. I'm going like, ugh, Jalen Brown dunks, Derek White, Porzingis. Porzingis, my God, did he play inspired tonight? Yeah. No, I mean, and that, and you know what's you know what's wild about this? It's because even you guys at the half deuce when you're when you're talking with Draper on the halftime show, it's like it was not a good way that the Kings were playing going into the half and the Celtics were really turning on, making all the shots, like whatever. But you guys started talking about the good with De'Aaron Fox. And I thought that was fair too, because I'm like, that was a special time that he, a special thing that he was doing, especially in that first quarter in that first half for the most part, but especially in that first quarter. And so like, there's something there, but at the same time, it's not enough if it's not continuing throughout the game. Yes, there is serious. Exactly. And they did a hell of a job on him. I'm doubling. Yeah, he is officially now shooting 40% from three this year on 8.3 attempts a game. De'Aaron now averaging still at 30 points a game, but 40% from three. Absurd. And so that's a huge positive for Sacramento is like, you know, this is a healthy chunk of the season where he's shooting at a really high mark, like 40%. Is that sustainable? I guess we'll see. Uh, but even if it dips a little bit to me, it's like, just don't be a 32% guy like you were before. I, I've said this for years about De'Aaron. Can you get me to 35 or 36%? Just be more of a threat from three. Uh, this year he's proven to be a huge threat and He's doing it with guys on him. He's coming down, breaking them down, step back threes. He's hitting deep ones. Like he's shooting the shit out of that. Like he is shooting it with confidence right now. And it's been awesome to see. Yeah, no. And I, I think that's why when you're like, oh, I, it's sure it's going to dip or whatever, but he's shooting with confidence and his shot. I think, I think his shot, it's like one of those shots, believe what you see. Believe what you see with his mechanics, with the confidence, with um, his, his understanding of what a good three is now. And there's going to be times that he still takes too many threes or it's like a shittier night, but he has the ball in his hands most of the time. Like you're going to have those moments. You're going to have those nights, but you trust him taking these moments and learning from all those different experiences in the chat chaos second half though question mark uh, yeah I, we actually didn't talk about you've been here the whole time we did talk about what the boston celtics did to him in the second half and neutralizing him we spent about seven minutes talking about that we're just acknowledging that he's shooting the ball like i'm gonna say this when they win what's my favorite saying morgan don't accept something in defeat that you would do in victory. I say, I've said this 37 times this year, and you don't know it by now. 
and you, you son of a bitch on the pregame show the other day too and i, yeah. like, the and I was like don't what? don't accept in victory what you wouldn't accept in defeat and i'll add yeah. another one hey you can acknowledge some good in the bad too man that's my other one write that one down hey you can acknowledge some of the good in the bad huh man like, and you have to like, say it like that when you say the dude. Like, when they win, you can't be like, everything's great. Nothing to see here. And when they lose, you can't be like, it's all bad. It's over. Like, we can't be doing this. We can't be getting so high and so low, okay? Have realistic expectations. No, just know that there needs to be some things to change. And we've highlighted them. We've highlighted it all. Oh, my God. Highlighted and and that's the thing. Games like this too, when it becomes a blowout like that, yeah. There's there's a half of basketball that you're literally not even breaking yeah, down yeah, yeah. because it's just it was what it was at that point. I gave Keon his love for the beginning of the game, knocking down their those threes. Trey Lyles coming in. I mean, we gave we spread the love where it was deserved. But again, in that second half, it just felt like oh, this is. I mean this is over what there's it's big picture at this point and it's looking ahead yeah looking ahead to the king's next game which is coming up on friday against the phoenix suns the kings beat the suns in the last matchup kevin durant did not play kevin durant morgan reagan has been on an absolute tear and if you remember the last time the kings played the suns uh the kings did a great job later right if i'm not mistaken i could they started to take the ball out of Devin Booker's hands a little bit after he got off to a really good start. I could be wrong on that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but it was a little easier to throw doubles. Yeah, that's what it was. They were getting yes. the ball out of Devin yes. Booker's hands, I'm remembering now. They are getting the ball out of his hands, forcing others to knock down threes. The Suns made a bit of a run because some of those threes started to drop, but they stayed with it like, no, we're not letting Devin Booker beat us. And then if, if I'm not mistaken, De'Aaron Fox took over in that game. <laughs> uh, there's a lot you of think, if I'm mistaken. You think I'm gonna remember? I don't retain anything that even happened yesterday. I know. You're gonna We've had so many games lately, and I just I, yeah. I, a little too much going on. Uh let's see if I'm right about this. I think so. De'Aaron finished. Yep. Fox scored 23 of his 34 points in the third quarter in that's Phoenix. That's what it was. Yep. Okay. That's what it was. Okay. And the Kings pulled away late to beat the Suns. They beat them 114 to 106. Obviously, uh Bradley Beal did not play in that game. Uh, also Kevin Durant did not play in that game. Kevin Durant has been a man possessed and I don't know. I think it's pretty simple. Like can the Kings beat the Suns? Yeah, they can. The Suns have been struggling a little bit, but they're coming off a bad loss in Portland. They're going to be a little grumpy. Kevin Durant yeah. looks like a man on a mission right now. He's averaging 31 points a game. He's been so efficient. Uh, in the month of December, he's been really good. He was good in October too. <laughs> I mean, and excuse me, in November. So on the season, 23 games, 31 points, six rebounds, 5.6 assists. He's doing it on 52% shooting and 46% from three. Um, the Kings could beat him, but they can also get smoked by 30. It's like, what, what, what kind of defensive intensity are we going to see? No one's expecting them to be some lockdown team. But when you come into tonight, 12th in defensive rating, and then you allow 144 points, what, what? Like, there has to be more consistent moments of good defense that's going to keep you in games. Because if you play like you did tonight, you're not beating anyone. If you play like you did against Washington, you may beat Washington. And I think that's the big takeaway, too, that we didn't really focus enough on. Last game was like, oh, the offense was flowing. The Kings gave 70-plus points in the second half to Washington. And I know the the bench guys allowed them to really get points late. But the Kings' defense wasn't very good against Washington. We we talked about they give up 130 points in that, plus points in that game. So they got to lock in. Details matter. Yeah, and I think the details matter where, especially if they're going to be throwing those blitzes like they were that first time against the Suns, it was against mostly Devin Booker and those other weapons weren't there. So what is the rotations going to look like? What is help going to look like? And especially if you are trying to throw a double on Kevin Durant, you got book, you got what Beal Beal is going to be playing. He's for out. Sure. He's out. Remember he, oh, he injured his out. ankle again. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know, it's oh, hard to keep up with that. 
It is. It is because with him though, I didn't know if this one was going to, how long this one was going to keep him out. Okay. So yeah. So either way though, Durant book, and we saw how difficult it already was and De'Aaron Fox had to go off in that fourth. So you're really, it's going to be one of those games where sure defensively, you just have to be super locked in. And if all your energy is going into that, how are you still able to score on the offensive end? I mean, we've seen this some nights where it's like, oh, they're getting their stops, but they're missing their shots. How can you get that all together against a good team like the Suns? Well, an up and down team. like Yes, they are. They're de- I mean, but they've had people missing in a lineup and they've been inconsistent too. But yeah, you got to get it together. Um, Morgan, appreciate you staying up late. It's almost 3 a.m. It is Orlando. 2.45. Yeah, so it's almost midnight here. Uh, we talked a long time about this bad game. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us. It's meant the world. I know it's tough when the Kings have games like this, and they've had too many of game games like this this year in losses. So we appreciate those who decided to hang out with us late tonight. We appreciate all the support, too. Um, I mentioned this in a pre-show, but like the amount of love and sweet messages we've received from people about Carlin has meant so much to us. You know, it's not easy when a dog you love so much, it means so much to you is going through something that you don't wish on any dog. And Mm -hmm. there's so much uncertainty about like, Oh, what's going to happen? You know, it's a big surgery he had, but um, excited that he's coming home tomorrow and start that journey to get, hopefully get him back walking again, but he's going to be home. I'm going to love the shit out of him. And yeah, thank you so much for being supportive. Thanks, everybody. We love you guys, but we gots to go. You all have a wonderful rest of your night. Thanks for being here. See ya. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know. Deuce and mo. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.